Hello, and welcome in to part two of our week two preview here, coming at you just after the Thursday night affair between the Vikings and Eagles finished up, an entertaining 34-28 win for the Eagles. Lots of fantasy action flying around in this game, uh, lots to talk about, but we will get to all of it on our week two review on Monday. Uh, Cody, before we jump into the rest of these matchups, do you have any quick comments on the Thursday night game? Hey, just want to shout out for the gut instinct to put a little $6 bet on TJ Hawkinson to be the first touchdown scorer of the night, uh, plus 1,700 odds. So that is, I think that is the first ever first touchdown score I've actually hit. I've usually just donated every time I've uh, I've put money on one of those. So it was nice to actually hit one, uh, pocket a little bit of cash before this weekend's bet. So pretty pumped about that. Uh I, we'll get into the fantasy breakdown uh, next week. Obviously, there's going to be plenty of guys we're talking about. A lot of guys had really good weeks. Uh, we saw the best tight end performance of the year by far tonight from TJ Hawkinson. I knew you weren't, weren't too big of a fan of that, but uh, it was a good Thursday night football game. I feel like Amazon got their money's worth uh, with that with that first one. So pretty happy about it. Got seven matchups here. Do you have anything else before we get into them? No, we'll again, we'll get into a detailed reaction to that uh, Philadelphia-Minnesota game when we do our week two review, so I won't jump into any of those conversations right now, but uh, we are going over NFC home games on part two of our uh, week two review here. Uh, we went through the AFC home games on part one, so if you're looking for any of the players or analysis of those players in those games, Go ahead and listen to part one. We will always have the time codes for the matchups uh, in the description as well if you just want to jump right to the player you want to hear about. But we are going to start off this week two part two preview with Green Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta favored by one and a half over under is 40 and a half. The line started out Green Bay by two. It swung all the way to Atlanta minus one and a half. So the sharp betters are on the Falcons here for one reason or another. Uh, not sure what to make of that. But on the Green Bay side, quarterback Jordan Love, uh, I think he is just a two QB league consideration. Looked good last week, uh, but that was against a very, very bad defense. And this low over-under probably uh, you know, lowers him below the the level of streamer uh, before we get to bye weeks and such. I think that's probably where he's going to live most weeks. Yep, I agree with you. If you are someone who likes to roster two quarterbacks, I do think he has that potential, though, because I think he has uh, he does have some breakout opportunity here on this Green Bay offense. But I would go ahead and just stash him for this week. I don't have too much confidence against Atlanta. Yeah, there is a chance, unlike some of the other guys that we would probably call you know solid, just super flex league considerations. There is a chance he becomes a one QB league consideration if he truly does you know evolve into a franchise level quarterback or at least a uh, you know Kirk Cousins level quarterback we saw him have a great night tonight so it is possible uh the running back room is pretty easy for me uh Aaron Jones has not practiced the past couple days uh he was not too concerned about his hamstring injury but if he goes I'm starting him and uh if he doesn't I'll start AJ Dillon even though we don't love the talent of AJ Dillon I think he'll just get too much work to be ignored uh Cody do you have anything to add on the Green Bay running back room um, I just want to ask if Jones plays, does Dylan have any flex consideration or would you just go ahead and immediately bench him? 
Uh, I guess so. I just, um, I think he's a lesser version of someone like Tyler Algier on the other side of the field in this one. I feel like even though running back is always thin and there already have been some injuries, you can probably find someone a little more enticing than Dylan. I guess if you're in a non PPR situation and he's your best option, you can go for it, but that's really the only situation that I would even consider him. Yep. Okay. I'm with you on that one. I don't really, I probably would try to avoid him anywhere that I can, honestly, if, if I, if Jones plays. So, all right, we're we're on the same page there. The wide receiver room is pretty similar. I think if Christian Watson sits, Dobbs becomes a pretty solid start here. Um, you know, the, the Green Bay passing attack is not uh, one that is going to be incredibly uh, potent in terms of volume. So I think Dobbs, uh, you know, has his ceiling at this point coming off that hamstring injury. Probably more of a, you know, low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three type if Watson sits. If they both play, I'm not too interested in either one just because Watson would be fresh off that hammy and Dobbs, uh, who knows what his role would be if he's the number two here. How do you feel? Yep, I think you nailed it with uh, Christian Watson's hamstring. If he does play, there's a big, big chance that he can re-injure that during the game. Can neither completely dodge you. So I would just make other plans for week two. If he plays in this game and he stays healthy, then he's a great option for week three and you're happy about that. If he doesn't play and gets fully healthy for week three, you're happy about that. So no issues there. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, yeah, he's fine without Watson. With Watson, it definitely gets muddied up. Um, And then there's also just other ancillary pass catchers on this team that kind of take away from both of these guys also. So, I, yeah, I I like Dobbs if he's the main receiver out there. But besides that, there's just too many mouths to feed and a low over-under. Last guy on Green Bay that I want to mention is Luke Musgrave. I think he had a pretty impressive week one, played a lot of snaps, got, uh, I believe, seven targets, uh, caught five balls, looked pretty good in his first game. This might be the year where the you know the rookie tight end trend is bucked to a degree. We have a few impressive ones early on here. Uh, do you have any interest in streaming him, or are you still uh, on a wait-and-see approach with Musgrave? I'm definitely down for stashing him. Um, I think – if Watson doesn't play, it's very risky. You can stream him if you have the stones to do it, but I probably don't personally. I think I'd probably go for a Cole Komet, a Tyler Higby before I, I went down to a Musgrave. But if he's out there on your waiver wire, I'd pick him up because he did look pretty good last week. Pitts or Musgrave? Yeah, I'm just going to stay with my bias and go Kyle Pitts just because I need him to pull through and actually be something for me this year. Come on, Cody. You know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen, baby. Musgrave v. Pitts. I'm ready. I'm ready. I lost my bet tonight. I need to get back in the the saddle. Oh, this week, Kyle? Musgrave. Yes, absolutely. Week two. Versus each other on the field. Come on, come on, give it to me. That's my boy. I just picked up Musgrave for two dollars. Let's put this one on the back burner just because if (laughs) – there may be a better option that comes up. Christian Watson Weak. being out definitely raises uh, Musgrave's floor and ceiling. So I, yeah, it is a little bit fair. weak. I don't really have that much faith in Kyle about, Pitts. I immediately okay, regret say, drafting him. So. <laughs> okay, I just don't think Watson's going to play, so it doesn't really matter anyway. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Musgrave. I, I picked him up in our uh, mini dynasty. Yeah. Spent two bucks of fab on him. Not much, but again, uh, I think he has interesting potential for sure. So, uh, definitely stash him. He's probably a low end streamer, though. Uh, on the Atlanta side of things, Desmond Ritter, not even into QB League consideration. You have to throw the ball to score fantasy points. That's the old adage uh, that they say for fantasy quarterbacks. Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, both in consideration. Bijan, obviously, in your lineup. Algier, a solid flex play until we see his volume taper off. I have a few names here 
I want to get a gauge on how you feel about Algier. Uh, how about Algier or Michael Thomas against the Panthers? I like Tyler Algier. I just think the Falcons are going to run the crap out of the ball as long as there is somewhat of a neutral game script. So I see his usage still being pretty good this week. I think we might have done this one on part one, but let's go ahead and just hit this again. Algier or Piran? I think I'm probably on the Algier side of it. Just I, both these, they're both backup running backs and high running back usage offenses. So I don't think you can go wrong if you're making the decision between one or the other. I'm probably leaning P Ryan in any form of PPR in Algier and non PPR, uh, just based on P Ryan's pass catching ability. All right, I want to find a line where you take someone over Algier so we can see you know abouts where you have him. Zay Flowers or Algier. I think I'm going Zay Flowers for sure. Okay, one more. Uh, Raheem Mostert or Algier? Um, that one's actually really tough because, Patriot. yeah, see, the matchup really kills uh, Mostert's week for me. Um, it hurts. I'm probably going with Mostert just because I know he's going to get a certain amount of opportunities. And if for any reason Atlanta's game plan goes sideways, I don't know if Algier's going to have as many touches, so – I'd go yeah. Mostert, but just slightly, honestly. I think Algier's kind of still right in that area, but definitely just a little bit behind him. Pretty good line there. Above P. Ryan, above Thomas, just below Mostert, and uh, just below Zay Flowers for us. I would probably slot him in the same spot. Uh, Drake London, no thank you. He is going to see a Jair Alexander shadow in almost all likelihood here, on top of the fact that he got one target last week. I expect him to see a few more this week, but uh, that and combined with a tough matchup, no thank you. I have no interest whatsoever. Nope, none at all. Kyle Pitts, I uh, think you probably have to if you drafted him. Cody, uh, I'll go ahead and throw this to you because you are the Kyle Pitts owner on this podcast. Tell me uh, how you feel about starting him this week. I'm just going to plug him in there and hope this is the week that he finally starts getting peppered <laughs> with targets. You know, it's got to happen. You and the rest of the Kyle Pitts owners. Got to happen eventually. Cross uh, on your fingers. I almost drafted Kyle Pitts in multiple leagues, but I was like, after I, because ours was our first draft. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I could see him doing something. Like, let's let's get on the Kyle Pitch train. <laughs> Did not draft him in a single other league, and I'm I'm very very thankful for that. So, um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's a good player. He's a tight end, so that luckily the the bar set pretty low for him. Let's just try and get around the end I'll zone. Try and get your targets up. I'll trade your J.K. Dobbins for him since I took him two spots before Pitts in the draft. Is that that's That is close, but one of them in, does in fact have a uh, okay Achilles at the moment, so I'll keep that yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Dobbins has got one okay Achilles as far as I know. Hey, sometimes but, that's uh, all he needs. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, next game. Seattle at Detroit. Detroit favored by four and a half points at home, over under 47 points in this one. Starting out on the Seattle side, hoping for a bounce-back week from the Seahawks. Nick Smith's a fine streamer. Uh, the tackle situation is concerning me a little bit in Seattle. Uh, both of them have the potential to be out this week. The Lions uh, should have an improved pass rush. They have Aiden Hutchison uh, coming into his own in year two, hopefully, as well. So that could be a problem for him if they don't play. I am probably looking elsewhere. I'd rather play the guy across the field from him uh, for a reference. Yeah, I really wanted to include um, – whenever I was looking at best bets earlier today, Seattle was at five and a half, and I was really, really liking that. But their their offensive line situation really scared me off of it. And Aiden Hutchinson looked really good last week against the Chiefs. I think he could have a field day. So 
I think G- I would put Gino probably in the lower end of streamers this week. I'd probably avoid him where you can. Kenneth Walker, he is in your lineup. Wide receiver room. I think we're giving DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett one more week, or at least I am. I'll call them both wide receiver twos. You're probably starting both of them. Uh, do you have a different opinion on Metcalf and Lockett, or are you not ready to bail yet? No, I'm not going to bail yet. They're both extremely talented. I will. I'll keep plugging them in until uh, you know. Probably give them another week or two to to prove it. If they're still kind of underperforming, we'll have to reevaluate. But for now, they're good. Yeah, the Lions defense looked a little improved uh, last week against the Chiefs, but uh, you know the receivers have been able to hold on to the ball. I think that would have helped, and <laughs> Metcalf and Lockett are probably going to be able to do that, so I think they should be fine. JSN saw only 59% of the snaps last week. I uh, want to see that come up a little bit before I you know recommend him outright. He's still got five targets, so if you need him in deeper leagues, he'll get a few looks, but uh, I'm, I'm playing Metcalf and Lockett firmly over him for now. Yeah, I'd maybe even consider JSN in a um, DFS play, maybe in a DFS tournament or something. He's probably going to be pretty cheap. He definitely has big play potential. But for your standard redraft league, I'm probably still avoiding him for this week. No tight ends to speak of uh, as far as fantasy relevance go for the Seahawks. So let's move over to Detroit. As I said before, Jared Goff, solid stream this week. I would play him over Geno. I think uh, he'd end up around... QB 10 or 11 for me. If I had rankings, I'm taking a look here. Uh, would you rather play golf or Richardson? I think that's kind of the line. Yeah, give me Jared Goff. I'd fire him up this week. Okay. He has proven to be good in, in solid matchups, especially indoors at Detroit. I'll, I'll fire him up here all day. And then we have that solidified top eight we had going into the season. I think all those guys are above golf. Tua has kind of entered that conversation with his big week one. For so sure. golf is right after those guys. Uh, if you are streaming in position, he is probably the best of the best this week. Uh, the running back room, I'm starting Gibbs, starting Montgomery. They're both RB2s. Uh, the Seahawks got run run up on pretty good last week. It was just it was mostly volume. They actually look pretty good from a uh, like a per carry basis, but uh, this Detroit offensive line is far superior than what they saw against the Rams. So I have no worries about either one of them. I'm firing them up. 100%. Do you have to add on Detroit? Yeah, there. that's pretty easy. Yep. Monroe St. Brown's in your lineup. Josh Reynolds, solid streamer. I think a lot of people probably picked him up last week. Just know he always has the potential to goose you. This is just not a guy that has ever been you know, a thousand yard receiver. He's been in this league for a while. So uh, these type of guys are very inconsistent. Would you rather start Josh Reynolds or Zay Jones? Give me Zay Jones. But as we made our beer bet in the last episode, I like Zay Jones uh, quite a bit. So I, I yep. will take him still. Reynolds or JSN? On the I, I would play Reynolds over JSN. I think Reynolds just okay. has a little bit more of a of a safer floor, even though his floor could be extremely low still. Um, but I liked what I saw of him yeah, last week. I liked star. I liked what I saw out of the entire offense last week, and the Seattle defense mm-hmm. doesn't really scare me away from uh, playing these ancillary pieces. So I'd fire Josh Reynolds up in a deep league if I had to. Yeah, until Jim, until Jamison Williams comes back, Reynolds should be pretty heavily involved week to week. Um, and Seattle got lit up pretty good by the Rams outside receivers. And those guys were not household names coming into the year. Uh, Sam Laporta, solid streamer. Seattle was horrible against tight ends last year. Higby had an okay game, but I think he just got overshadowed by Nakua and, you know, Atwell running all over the Seattle secondary. Yeah. Uh, would you rather start Sam Laporta or Dalton Kincaid? Um, 
Oh, I know we went over. Who did the Bills play this week? The Vegas Raiders. That's right. They do play the Raiders. Um, give me Laporta in the plus matchup. I think that he I will he also him. doesn't really have a big timeshare in the tight end room like Kincaid will have with Dawson nope. Knox, I think, exactly. for a couple more weeks. So give me Laporta you if you're forced point. to play one of these rookies. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, you stole the point right on from under me. I was going to say he is playing more snaps right now, so I'll take him. Laporta or Hunter Henry? Uh, this one, I think you're kind of getting the same kind of play out of both guys. It's just who do you want to trust more? So I would probably go Sam Laporta just because I trust Jared Goff more than Mac Jones. But I think both of Fair them enough. are going to benefit due to an increased passing volume from their quarterback. So I think very similar kind of plays here. Might not make it onto the best bet, so I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead and play the over in this one. This game was 48-45 to 45 last year, so both of these teams almost cleared 47. I think together they can get there pretty easily. Yeah, for uh, sure. Chicago at Tampa Bay is our next game. This one will absolutely make it onto the best bets column. Uh, where it makes it on 2BD, going to have to listen to find out. Tampa Bay favored by 2.5 points at home, over under only 40.5 for some reason. Uh, Chicago. Justin Fields in your lineup. I know it didn't look pretty last week, uh, but for as terrible as Justin Fields played and how much ridicule he has gotten this week, he still scored 16 points in fantasy. So if that's going to be his worst game from a fantasy perspective, I'll take it all day long. He only had two designed runs. Get him some more design runs, man. It's going to open up the passing game. They just they need to use his legs. Uh, let him, you know, let him bring the safeties up and help in the run game. It'll help the passing game in turn. Running back room. Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, I think, are the two guys we're looking at. I'm still leaning Herbert slightly, uh, stashing Roshan, uh, but this is a tough run, D, so I don't feel great about either guy. Uh, Khalil Herbert or Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah, these guys are very similar in my opinion. I think Pacheco may have a little bit of an easier matchup against the Jags, so I may give him a slight lean, but I, I could easily be talked into Herbert. I'm, I'd, I'd say these guys are probably would be very close in my rankings. Yeah, if you didn't listen to our last episode, we were pretty low on Pacheco even this week in a high-scoring game, so that should probably tell you all you need to know about Herbert. He is a low-end flex option. Um, we are... Not too high on him right now. I think the split between him and Roshan Johnson is only going to continue to get more even as the year goes on. For sure. Uh, I already know the answer to this question uh, based on the answer to your last one, but Christian Kirk or Cleo Herbert? Yeah, give me Christian Kirk in any kind of PPR format. I guess in non, I may yeah. throw out Herbert, but I'd still probably consider Kirk over Herbert even in non-PPR. Yeah, there you go. That should tell you all you need to know. DJ Moore, I think I'm giving him one more week. I am a little scared because the uh, the Buccaneers have some decent outside corners, but I think this could be a squeaky wheel situation. Didn't really pan out for Dallas Goddard tonight, but the, the Eagles sure tried to make it pan out. So I think the Bears will do the same. He's going to get more targets than he got last week. I think uh, you can put him in your wide receiver two spot for at least one more week before we consider benching him. Darnell Mooney, good stash. He had a good week last week, caught a beautiful touchdown in the corner of the end zone from Justin Fields. Those two have a decent connection. I think if this DJ Moore thing doesn't work out, there's a chance Darnell Mooney is kind of the guy you want in this passing room. It's going to be inconsistent, but he could be useful. Yeah, Darnell Mooney had a really good year two years ago, so if Justin Fields is ever going to take that step as a passer, Darnell Mooney should benefit as well. I really hope DJ Moore gets some more work because I uh, I have him in multiple leagues. So let's get DJ Moore more involved. You have to uh, have to do better than what you did in week one, especially for what you basically paid to go get him. 
Then Cole Komet, I would put in the Hunter Henry, Sam Laporta range, uh, maybe slightly below them because his over-under is a little lower, but he's a similar type of guy. Not incredibly explosive athlete, but he's going to play a ton of snaps. He got seven targets last week. I think his floor is a little higher than some of the other streaming tight ends. His ceiling's a little lower. Yeah, and he would also play him over Tyler Higby per our text message about 45 minutes ago. And I would assume you'd also play him over Gerald Everett, who's the tight end that I currently have in that position. So uh, I'll be making that transaction for Cole Komet, and I'll be firing him up this week. (laughs) I dropped Gerald Everett for Luke Musgrave, and Cole Komet is currently in my starting lineup in our mini dynasty. So that should tell you how I feel those guys uh, are hierarchy-wise going into this week. On the Tampa Bay side, Baker Mayfield's a pretty good QB2 play this week. Chicago's defense is terrible. Uh, obviously, Jordan Love lit them up last week. He has a couple good playmakers. I think he could easily have a good day, uh, but not considering in one quarterback situations. Nope. Anything to add on Mayfield? Nope. Yeah, pretty straightforward. White, uh, Rashad White and Sean Tucker are the running backs for Tampa that we're looking at. Uh, White is a decent start this week. This is a really good matchup. Uh, similar to Mayfield, this defense has holes everywhere. But I will say, if White cannot make it happen this week, Tucker could begin to carve out a role pretty soon here. I would. This is. I went and prioritized stashing uh, Sean Tucker in our mini dynasty because I feel like this is a good matchup for Rashad White. And if he does not come through in a good matchup, you know, Tampa Bay could start to try other things because you know it, it's it's easier to talk yourself out of benching White if he you know, has a bad game against a good defense. But if he has two consecutive bad weeks off the jump against two very beatable run defenses, as we just saw, (laughs) Minnesota is a very beatable run defense, and he did not very much against them. So um, I think this could be a potential pivot point. Yep, 100% agree. If Sean Tucker is out on your waiver wires, go pick him up. In a couple weeks, you will not be able to. Go stash him, make Mm -hmm. make the spot available on your team. He will have he if there's going to be a running back in this backfield to have value, I have a feeling it's going to be Tucker over White. I'm just I'm out on White as the player. I just don't think he's very good. So go get Sean Tucker if he's still available. Agreed. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, start them both. Fire the Chicago up. secondary is Swiss cheese. Uh Godwin was okay last week. Got uh, you know, five or six catches though, looked okay. Evans obviously caught the big touchdown and dropped another. So both of them will have their opportunities playing both. For sure. Uh, San Francisco at LA is our next one here. San Francisco, seven and a half point favorites on the road, over under 44 and a half. Vegas giving the Rams no respect in their own building here, or maybe just a lot of respect to San Francisco. I could see that after last week. Uh, Brock Purdy. The perennial solid QB2, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that rises to the level of a consistent starter in a one-quarterback league, but he is always going to be the 202 type, which is uh, great for Superflex. Yep, absolutely. He is a the safest QB2 probably on the market right now. He is just the, the talent around him is too good for him to fail, it seems like. Christian McCaffrey's in your lineup. I think Devo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are certainly in your lineup as well. Ayuk, hard to bench him after his incredible week last week. I would just caution and say lower your expectations a little bit. It's going to be spread around in the San Francisco offense. Uh, It's going to be hard for us to predict who's going to have the big week week to week. If you are investing in one of these options, you kind of just have to roll with it, I believe. So uh, I think if you got him, you got to start him and hope for the best. 100% agree with you. 
Kittle's in there if he plays. I don't think he had uh, any injury designation this week off that uh, groin injury he was dealing with coming into the year. So he is healthy right now. He is in your lineup. On the Rams side, Matt Stafford, I would uh, put in a very similar spot to Brock Purdy this week. Uh, maybe slightly below him, actually. Uh, really tough matchup against San Francisco. We just saw what they did to Kenny Pickett, who is maybe a lesser quarterback, but uh, this offensive line could get dominated up front. So I am not streaming him in one quarterback leagues in this tough matchup. Yep, 100% agree with you there. I I would go ahead and avoid him if you can this week just because of the matchup. 100%. Running backs, I uh, it's going to be really tough to recommend sitting Kyron Williams after people paid up for him, but this is just not the team you want to play these guys against. Uh, Kyron, I think Kyron Williams is the only guy I would consider because he is going to catch the ball to the backfield occasionally. Cam Akers is not. He ran, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Kyron Williams ran basically 85, 90% of the routes out of the running back uh, room here. So he is going to be the pass catcher. Do you have any interest in either one of them uh, regardless of that? I I don't really have too much interest in either of them. Um, I think the matchup's extremely tough, so I don't really think either of them are going to be extremely efficient on the ground. Um, like you said, any kind of PPR, Williams might be able to get you just something to where if you flex, if you play him in your flex, you know he he doesn't give you a zero or just a couple point game. But I would try and avoid him where you can. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of value from this backfield this week. Kyron Williams or Cleo Herbert. Oh man, yeah, that's terrible. That's such a gross question. It's <laughs> nasty. I know. Oh, it's nasty. man, some people might I, be dealing with that. I would probably play. Oh my gosh, I'd probably play Kyron Williams and just not watch the game and just just hope that I check the score later and he has a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that should tell you all you need to know about how we feel about those guys. Low, low end flex options. Hopefully, you are uh, you know in a better position than that. Puka Nakua, this is interesting. So Cody brought this up to me before we started part one. He picked up an injury designation on Thursday, but he was a full participant on Wednesday. We never, ever like to see that. That means that the injury probably occurred in practice. Uh, so we have no idea how bad it is right now. It's impossible for us to say whether or not he's going to play at this point. You just got to keep an eye on it. Uh, might maybe do a little injury update in our best bets pod just to get people up to speed that listen to that. But um, so definitely watch Nakua. I, I, do you have any interest in playing him? Does this injury kind of uh, you know temper any excitement you would have had about him, or are you still throwing him out there if he plays? Oh man, that's tough. Um, I think I have to see what happens on Friday. I mean, if he's even a limited participant, it'd make me feel better. Just as a rookie with any kind of an injury, I'd probably look to avoid him. I know that's really tough to do after you paid up for him after he got 15 targets, but you know, it's just I don't see a rookie coming in here with an injury and being able to do what he did last week. I feel like just overall right. this this offense would just get a downgrade, and they probably wouldn't be able to move the ball as smoothly as well. So again, I know it's going to be tough. People are not going to want to avoid him after they paid up for him, but with the injury, I think you have to consider it. Yeah, I originally I had in here that I would put him just above the the Josh Reynolds JSN tier that we kind of laid out earlier. I think I'd probably put him right smack in the middle of those guys, maybe even slightly below them now with this injury situation. Um, yeah, I mean if he comes out Friday and he's totally fine and that was uh, you know, just a off day on Thursday, then I guess you can put him back right above those guys, but otherwise 
I think you might be looking for other options here. Do you have any more interest in Tutu Atwell because Nakua sits, or is this just kind of a full of void on the Rams? I, if Nakua does sit, I would absolutely play Tutu Atwell. Uh, someone has to oh, catch yeah. footballs from from Matt Stafford, and you know their offensive line's not good, but Matthew Stafford's made a career out of hanging in the pocket and making last-second throws. So I will 100% slam Tutu Atwell in any kind of DFS play as well if Nakua doesn't play. Would you play Tutu Atwell with no uh, Puka Nakua, or would you play uh, Josh Reynolds? I would go. I'd go Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell or Tyler Algier in your flex with uh, no Nakua. Ooh, that one's getting a little dicey. I think any PPR format, I go Atwell. I think at non PPR, I okay. start to consider Algier a little bit, but with no Nakua, I know the matchup's not great, but. They're going to move the ball somewhat against the 49ers. The 49ers, they did last year, but they never really just dominate the Rams. I think with a healthy Stafford, he can keep them in the game at least for a little while. So I think they're going to move the ball somewhat okay, just not very efficiently. I'd still probably stick with Atwell. Okay, that's a good line. If he's right around where uh, Algier is, I think we've kind of uh, established how we feel about Tyler Algier so far in this podcast. So uh, Atwell is definitely in consideration if Nakua sits. Higby also becomes more interesting if Nakua sits. I was going to lean towards fully fading him because uh, Pat Fryermuth, who in my estimation is a much more talented tight end, had one catch for three yards last week against this same San Francisco defense. Um, but does Higby rise up the ranks a couple spots if Nakua does not go? Maybe just a little bit, but not not too much. He's still very limited when it comes talent wise. Maybe if you're in a full PPR league, he kind of gets a couple couple yeah. extra spot of a spots of a bump. But he, I'm not gonna right. rise raise him up too much because a rookie ends up sitting with with how much time he's had with Matthew Stafford in this offense. He should be the guy that Stafford's looking to, not Puka Nakua. So I'm not too excited right. about Higby either way. Yeah, he had a fantastic matchup last week, and he did okay, but he did not uh, come through to the degree that maybe we expected him to. So uh, I think you can probably find a better option than Tyler Higby. Cody, you want to go ahead and take over for this barn burner of a game we have on our hands? Yeah, I was going to say the three games that you gave me this week for the NFC are some absolute barn burners. So <laughs> let's, like let's yeah. get into them. <laughs> let's start with the New York Giants at the Arizona Cardinals. The Giants are favored by four and a half on the road. The over under a whopping 39 and a half. Uh, let's start on the Giants Ooh, side. Daniel Jones. Fantasy Pros had him ranked as the QB12 when I was looking, so I guess you'd consider him a low-end QB1. I think it's a little bit risky against the Arizona defense. This could be a game where Saquon in the running game just really grinded out. So I just want to throw a couple names at you. This, this could be some real consideration people have out there. Deshaun Watson at Pittsburgh or Daniel Jones at Arizona? Yeah, I'll go ahead and stick with Watson. Uh, we, If you've listened to part one, you know that we don't love that matchup for him. Should be a low-scoring game, but this over-under is not much higher, and I think Watson is the, the better quarterback, so I'll take him. All righty, and then I think I know where you're going here, but Jones or Golf at Seattle? Yeah, definitely get me Golf. Yep, all righty, sounds good. Throw Saquon Barkley in your lineup. Uh, I'm just going to list off some wide receivers here for you. Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, and Wandale Robinson. Any of these guys worth stashing in your opinion? 
Oh God, I think I think the only one you can stash is Hyatt, just because he's a he's a rookie, and I believe was he a second round pick or an early third? He was a, they, he they, was they a second decent... day pick in general. I, I can't remember exactly. Okay, where. so they yeah. they spent decent draft capital on him. Um, you know, I think if any of these guys is going to break out, it'll be him. The rest of them have been in the league a couple of years. I guess not Wandale, but he's coming off that knee injury. So yeah. uh, the rest of them, I just don't see huge upside for Hyatt. I don't either, but. You know, we don't know. So he I would stash him. I, I think I'd look elsewhere though, honestly. Yep. Uh tight end Darren Waller. You're playing him and hoping for the best. We kind of touched on his injury in part one. Oh, yeah. Um I don't know if you want to touch on it here just in case they did not hear part one, but basically yeah. it's his injury is a nerve issue in his hamstring. It's not a muscle issue, so it's gonna be um Oh, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? It'll be chronic. Chronic. There it'll you be, go. There we go. It'll <laughs> probably be bothering him all year. Uh, so basically, he'll be he'll be a little more sensitive to hamstring pulls than you know most most guys will, and you know NFL players are already pretty sensitive to those because that's just a very important muscle to uh, accelerate and decelerate quickly as an NFL player. So. Not great to hear, especially for a guy that's dealt with hamstring uh, issues the past couple of years pretty extensively. Uh, right now, he's healthy, but. Yeah, it's it just it looks like he is going to be dealing with this all year, basically. Yep, one hundred percent. So, like I said, you're playing him, but you're just hoping for the best, hoping that he kind of just leaves every game healthy at, at this point. So yeah, that's that's the biggest hurdle. One hundred percent. Let's jump over to the Arizona side. Joshua Dobbs, you can go ahead and leave him on your waiver wire. No interest there. Yeah, no, thank you. Running back James Conner. He's a back end RB two option. Always going to be more preferred in any kind of PPR format, but um, let's just say non PPR leagues for those who still play. James Conner or Tyler Algier. Ooh, that's pretty good. Um, I'd probably stick with Connor. He actually looked decent. He had yeah. a pretty good yards per carry against a good Washington team. Uh, hard to take too much from that game from the Giants last week, but Pollard gashed them repeatedly. Probably a better player than Connor, but I think this could be a worse running defense than he just had a mildly successful game against. So I'll take Connor. All right. Sounds good. I'm right there with you. I think he is a pretty solid play this week. Wide receiver Hollywood yeah. Brown. At this point, he's a low floor, low ceiling flex play. I don't think that Dobbs can get him the ball enough to really hit his ceiling. Would you consider dropping yeah. Brown for one of our beat the wire candidates that we had this week? I don't think so. Our beat the wire candidates have been pretty uh, deep league uh, stashes, and I think Brown just has too much upside if Kyler Murray does come back this year to drop in a deeper league. I think if you're in a 10-team league, and Hollywood's the last guy on your bench, and you know there's a better player available. Uh, maybe you need a running back in Justice Hill, or Gus Edwards is out there, and you really need to drop Brown. You can go ahead and do it, but I think in a deeper league, he's got too much upside. I just want to hear an update on Kyler Murray before I am comfortable dropping Brown. That's that is a good point. I I would agree with you there. If you and there would be no worse feeling than dropping Brown, getting basically almost nothing, and then Kyler coming back in like six weeks and Brown being phenomenal. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, if you if you knew Kyler was coming back in week eight, the Brown owner is going to hold Brown until that point as long as they don't have to sell him. So that's a, yes. that's a good point that you made there. To wrap up the Cardinals and this game, we got tight end Zach Ertz uh, going to get a lot of targets around the line of scrimmage, similar to – James Conner, he is more preferred in PPR formats, but I'd say you probably still have some better options uh, going into this week, just someone to keep an eye on if he keeps getting all those targets. Yeah, lots of targets, deep PPR leagues you can consider him, but yeah, I think we want to see either an improvement from Josh Dobbs or a switch to another quarterback before we'll be comfortable recommending Zach Ertz week to week. 
Absolutely. Let's jump into the next game. We got the New York Jets going to Dallas. Dallas is favored by nine, and the over-under is a whopping 38-and-a-half. Like I said, we are ending this podcast on some hot games here. We got Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets. Go ahead and leave him on your waiver wire. Even if you are a Zach Wilson believer, this is not the game to believe in him whatsoever. Brees Hall played 31% of snaps last week. Dalvin Cook played 51% of snaps. I don't think it's really a great matchup for either of these guys. If I had to play one or the other, I think I'm leaning Hall just because he's the more more explosive athlete. He may be able to get a big play broken on this Dallas defense. I don't know. I don't know if I see Dalvin Cook doing such. Uh, how do you feel about these running backs? You know, I think the only chance the Jets have, and I'm sure Robert Sala realizes this as well, uh, is to just feed these two guys and hope the running game can, you know, do enough to let the defense do its thing on the other side. Uh, So I think they'll get a decent amount of work, but I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys will be expecting the same. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't love them. This is not a great matchup. They are nine-point dogs and a a 38.5-point over-under game. You can do some math there and come up with not a lot of points for the Jets. So uh, I think I'm playing Hall as well. Obviously has much more big play potential, but I would probably, you know, I don't love either of them this week. Hall is the play if you need to make one. Yeah, all right, we're on the same page there. Garrett Wilson, I think he's still considered must-start, but I definitely manage expectations. Do you have any considering – holy cow, any consideration benching him against the Cowboys this week? That would be so, so demoralizing to bench your second or maybe third-round pick if you got lucky uh, in week two. But, man, I, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't consider it. I think in 10-team leagues, there's a chance you have a guy that – You'd be comfortable playing over him. You know, maybe you picked up, uh, let's see, Brandon Ayuk. I'd probably play him over Garrett Wilson at this point. But I think in any deeper format, you gotta you gotta roll him out there and hope for the best. Yeah, you just gotta hope talent talent wins out. But um, you know, yeah. when you see the touchdown he had last week, that doesn't give you a lot of a lot of hope because I think if you throw that up to Trayvon <sighs> Diggs, Trayvon Diggs is taking that one. Uh, yeah, taking that one out uh, of Garrett Wilson, at least hands. knocking it away. Yeah. yeah. So uh, no tight end to consider, obviously, with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Let's jump over to the Dallas side. Dak Prescott, I don't love Dak this week just due to the potential game script and the Jets' defense is really good. I think I'm looking other else, elsewhere when it comes to streamers. Uh, a guy we were relatively low on, would you play Geno or Dak this week? I think I'll go Geno. I just, like like you said, this game script does not line up well for him. I don't think he's going to have to do too much. And if the Cowboys are smart, they probably would not ask him to do too much against this great Jets defense. We saw Josh Allen basically get the Jets back into the game single-handedly by playing hero ball. And, uh, you know, Dallas does not need Dak Prescott to do that, as we saw last week. Yeah, not at all. Tony Pollard is in your lineup. CeeDee Lamb also in your lineup. Uh, Brandon Cooks and manage expectations. But yeah. yeah, you do have to manage expectations just due to the game script. Mm-hmm. He may not, they may not need CD Lamb to be super to sit, involved. One hundred percent. Brandon Cooks again. We mentioned in part one, a Dallas beat reporter does said said that he is has a oh gosh has a mild MCL sprain. So we <laughs> will, uh, if that is the case, Gallup may become viable, but I'd avoid him this week. Maybe stash him for a future matchup. Yeah, I'm looking up this injury right now because I had not even seen anything on it until we mentioned it in part one. It says he has an MCL sprain. He's iffy versus the Jets. I don't understand how that's possible. An MCL sprain is usually a minimum of two weeks for NFL players. I don't know why the Cowboys would rush him back 
on, uh, you know, on, I guess it's not a short week because they played Sunday night, but still uh, one week off of an MCL sprain in a game, you're favored by nine points at home uh, in a game that does not project to need the passing game that much. Just sit him down uh, and stash Michael Gallup, I guess, but uh, it looks like he could be back sooner rather than later. Yep, I I tend to agree with you there. And then tight end Jake Ferguson, he is a streamer in a bad matchup. I'd go ahead and avoid him this week. But again, just another guy to keep your eye on. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. We got New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans is favored by three. The over-under is 40. We got the New Orleans starting quarterback, Derek Carr. I think he's a low-end QB2 option this week. It's low over-under. A lot of low over-unders here in these matchups that I'm talking about. Does not give me a lot of uh, a lot of hope this is for the, the quarterback options. Yeah, the <laughs> highest over-under I get to talk about is 40. Love that. Yes, it is. Um, You're welcome. So, but, yeah, I just he's a low-end QB2 option. I don't really have that much faith in Derek Carr in a low over-under game. Yeah, there, there will be weeks where you can stream car. Not this one, though. Uh, good defense on the road, low over under, no thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Jamal Williams, I think you can lock him in as an RB2 or a flex option. Uh, definitely not a higher-end option, but if he gets in the end zone, he's definitely going to have a solid week. Chris Olave, go ahead and lock him into your lineup. And then the backup wide receiver options or two and three options. Michael Thomas played 80% of snaps. Rashid, Rashid Shahid played 54%. Thomas seems like he could be flexible on a weekly basis just due to his time on the field. Shahid may become flexible just due to his playmaking ability. So uh, what do you? what's your take on these Saints receivers? An interesting dynamic between these two. I think you kind of laid it out pretty well there that uh, Thomas is probably the more steady hand here of the two, and then Shahid may be the more explosive playmaker. So it's really just kind of what flavor uh, are you looking for here? Do you need a big week? Shahid's probably going to be your guy. If you just need somebody that's going to go out and get you a five for 50, six for 60, uh, then Thomas is probably your guy. So uh, I think I'd probably lean Thomas just in general, because if you had to bet on one of these guys outscoring the other, Thomas would be the better bet. But again, if you are someone like uh, maybe someone on this podcast that played against TJ Hawkinson in a tight end premium league, I think I might throw someone like Rashid Shahid out there because you need to catch up a little bit. Yeah, I feel you there for sure. And then last but not least, Juwan Johnson played 75% of tight end snaps last week for the Saints. I'd consider him a lower-end streamer. You're Obviously, if you're if you're in that tier of streamer anyway, you're kind of just hoping for a touchdown, and, and he fits the bill perfectly there. Yeah, I know. I don't think we've even talked about Juwan Johnson yet this year. I didn't get a good look at his involvement. Uh, did, did you see how many targets he got last week? I, I was wondering if he got kind of relegated because these other options stepped up uh, ahead of him. Let me, I, I'm going to pull it up right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do not know. Five targets. Okay. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, yeah. He's still a lower end streamer. I think we can do better, but he's, he's on the radar and a better matchup we consider. Yep. And let's wrap it up here with the Carolina Panthers. They are led by Bryce Young. He is not playable even in two QB leagues yet. Nope. Just need to see more from him. Miles Sanders is locked in again, probably as an RB two option for you. The wide receiver room, we have DJ. Before we move on from Miles Sanders, uh, did you see that Chuba Hubbard was involved a little more than we expected last week? Are you concerned at all about him? I know you were kind of a Sanders guy coming into the year, so I didn't know if you uh, had any opinions on that. I, you know, I'm after seeing how bad the Carolina offense was in general. I think that maybe it was a little too high on Sanders as a player on the year, but. Chuba's involvement doesn't necessarily scare me if 
If Sanders ends up getting in the end zone last week, he actually has a really solid week when you look at it. So I'm not too scared off of it as a guy who has Sanders in a few different leagues. I'm, I'm okay if he doesn't take the full allotment of snaps as long as he's out there on the pass catching downs. And when did you see the snap split between the two? I I did not. I'm pulling it up right now. Is it pretty bad? I got you. It's it's a it's interesting. I, it's definitely closer than I would have expected. It was fifty seven percent Sanders, thirty six percent Hubbard. That is a little bit surprising. What were their touches? Because I feel like Sanders. I didn't. I guess I didn't see uh, so Hubbard. What he Hubbard got. Hubbard got nine carries, two catches, and uh, what did Sanders have? Like seventeen carries or something. So he it was like two to one. Okay. Uh, in favor of Sanders, he might have also been. Uh, yeah, Sanders got 22 touches. Jeez, okay. Uh, but I think he might have been nursing that that groin injury he was carrying into the year as well, so maybe that is part of it. But I just thought it was interesting. I did not expect them to split much. Yeah, the, the snap share is considerable because if Miles Sanders gets on the field and you kind of just know the ball is going to him, I hate when teams do that. Like when you like – yeah, you play fifty percent of snaps, but you have twenty-two touches. It's like, damn! Basically, every time you're on the field, you're touching yes. the ball. Defenses can definitely game plan against that. There. So yeah. i I do not like that from the Frank Reich offense. So hopefully, we see kind of some numbers change there. But I'm okay with Miles Sanders going into week two. I'm not jumping jumping ship after week one. Twenty-two touches. I mean, yeah, hard to be that concerned. Yep. All right, the wide receiving room: DJ Chark. I should say Nick's Nick's favorite guy, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen. <laughs> I guess I love DJ Chark. <laughs> um, I I don't think I'm very interested in Thielen just based on week one. I guess if you're in a deep PPR no. league and you have to, you can. But I'd I'd try to avoid it. No. And then I no. don't mind Chark in DFS, and um, I think he would be the dart dart throw flex play from these Panthers team that you would take a look at. Um, he did not play last week, so maybe he can add a spark to this uh, Panthers offense they didn't have. Yeah, we went over it uh, in our Beat the Wire segment on our Thursday night preview. Uh, DJ Chark was getting a lot of buzz in the preseason, picked up that hamstring injury. Everybody kind of came off of him, and um, you know he's already going to be he's back. He is practicing this week. He has a chance to play. I think uh, he is a good stash candidate, but we're not playing him yet. Yeah, DFS, like you said, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Let's wrap this up with the uh, the tight end of the week, Hayden Hurst. He um, he is an interesting <laughs> play. He did lead the team in every receiving stat last week, uh, targets, receptions, yeah. and he had the touchdown and yards. Sorry. Um, do you have interest in playing Hurst this week? Are you chasing what you saw from week one? No. Um, so here's a, here's a thing. New Orleans was uh, the number one defense against tight ends last year, and then they came out and shut down Chigo Conquo to the tune of zero catches and zero yards. Um, you know, I'm not saying Chigo Conquo is an elite tight end, but he's a pretty good athlete and uh, has shown himself to be a capable receiver, at least in the back half of last year. I don't. I wouldn't call Hayden Hurst a better player than him. So uh, I think it's going to be tough sledding for Hayden Hurst yeah. this week. Anyway, he is definitely on the streaming radar moving forward, though. Yeah, he is on the radar. But again, if you are streaming tight ends, you want to stream tight ends in higher over under games than this. Yes, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Would you have any consideration starting um, Durham Smythe over a guy like Hayden Hurst? I absolutely would start Durham Smythe over Hayden Hurst. Right. Uh, again, we, we went over this in our part one episode, but Durham Smythe played, he ran a route on 100% of to his dropbacks. Uh, even if he's only, you know, getting thrown the ball one out of every eight or nine times uh, to a drops back, that's going to be enough to, 
to make them interesting and a much, much better passing offense than this Panthers one. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. We got this thing knocked out here in about 45 minutes. So hope you guys enjoyed that week two preview. Obviously, if you have not, go check out the AFC home games in part one. And then most importantly, make sure you go take a look at the best bet segment releasing Saturday morning. We are about to go record that one now. I'm looking at our six best bets. Not going to spoil anything, but I think we got some winners in here for sure. So make sure to tune in for that. Oh, I I have some nasty stats to give out for these best bets too. You are going to want to hear them. I am I'm very excited to record this episode, Cody. I went I went all in. So we didn't have any stats of the game this week. Uh, that's my bad. I just I, I spent all my time researching these stats for these best bets. So definitely tune into that. Hey, if we just have to turn into a betting podcast because we're on a roll, I will live with it I, if I'm it happens it. to it. All so right, that's fine. All right, let's bounce <laughs> let's out of here. Let's, let's get into that one. Kid.